the most connected man in Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 955 and AM 750. WSB. We are America. We are the greatest nation in the world. A breath of fresh air. Common sense. Very impressive. He's articulate and he knows exactly what we need. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Kane. Thank you for joining us because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts because we want you to be better informed to help build this better America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Kane and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Mr. Dupree. How are hey, you? Hey, Herman, today? how are you today? I'm great. What's happening? Well, the uh, the big story going on right now, the hearing, the start of the confirmation hearings for Loretta Lynch, the U.S. attorney from New York, who is the president's choice to replace Eric Holder as the next U.S. attorney general. Uh, in her opening remarks, uh, Lynch made no mention of the immigration actions by President Obama, and Republicans immediately in their questions got into that. During her, her opening testimony, she basically said she's more than ready to take over as the nation's top law enforcement official, vowing to uh, follow the Constitution. Of course, uh, some Republicans may say that uh, Eric Holder vowed the same thing when he came in as well. Asked about the immigration actions by President Obama, Lynch said in her mind that uh, they seem to be a reasonable way, uh, that's a quote there, a reasonable way to deal with those who've been in the U.S. illegally. She told senators she played no role in developing anything about those actions, which were announced about two weeks after she had been nominated for the job of Attorney General. So she seems to be a uh, a pretty good witness, I would say, Herman. You know, sometimes you get people up here that aren't really sure of their footing in this kind of setting, because obviously being before a congressional committee is a little different than most things you do. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Lynch, uh, and even I saw uh, some GOP senators uh, saying this, uh, tweeting this out and saying that they were impressed with her with her opening statement. I think she made a pretty good impression at the beginning, and without any kind of organized opposition to her, one would think that uh, after a day of uh, some tough questions that her nomination seems to me at this hour to be speeding ahead in the Congress. Because before she gets to that point, they have raked through everything they possibly can Yeah, uh, in terms of her background and what she's done and positions on things. Sounds like she uh, handled the question about President Obama's immigration uh, order rather delicately. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I don't think she's, uh, look, is she, what did she say as I look at my notes here? You know, she didn't have anything to do with its development. She hasn't had the full chance to figure everything out about, you know, the sort of classic yeah. kind of answers of somebody who's coming in there. I mean, everybody knows that it's a big controversy. She knows it. Uh, she seems to me to be a person who is uh, very adept at dealing in the political arena. Sometimes we find people in these positions are not, but she struck me as somebody uh, who uh, I, I think the administration will feel like that they've made a solid choice here that's not going to be viewed, at least in the near term, as a political choice. What are the two sides saying about the Obama plan to allow offshore oil and gas drilling, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia? And I'm surprised that a Democrat New Jersey senator called it a 
uh, gift to the oil industry. No, no, don't be surprised at that, actually. Listen, really? there's there's always been very strong opposition. I've covered the, the offshore drilling issue for a number of years, and there's always been very strong opposition in Democratic quarters to the idea of doing that. That's why the, the two announcements this week were sort of interesting by the administration. On one hand, they tried to take away areas in Anwar in Alaska right. that drew a lot of opposition right. from Republicans uh, and, and a lot of support from environmental groups. On the other hand, they moved to open up leases and possible exploration and drilling off the southeastern Atlantic coast, which has been uh, drawn a lot of opposition from Democrats and environmental groups over the years. So you had the weird thing of the Republicans, uh, a lot of them in Congress here, giving the thumbs up to the idea of oil exploration off Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and or Georgia. Note that it does not go down to Florida. Florida has long been a big battleground. Uh, There are a number, uh, have been a number of prohibitions over the years to make sure there would be no drilling from Jacksonville down to the Keys and then the Keys back up around much of the West Coast, though you do have leases that are open in the Gulf area, sort of uh, uh, off the uh, the Panhandle and more. But realistically, most of the drilling has been to the west of that, off the Alabama, off the Louisiana and Texas coast in the Gulf of Mexico. At this point in time, the five-year plan that was announced by the administration would allow some big oil company, you know, gas company, to come in and, and buy the drilling lease and go out and do exploration and more. But there's a lot a lot of time between now and when that might happen and when oil and gas might be discovered and actually and actually extracted and uh you know it, what, what's what's interesting about it is you do have it is a situation where the administration is going against a number of democrats who don't like the idea of any kind of exploration off the coast on the east coast why would senator menendez of new jersey not like it well i, I think the it's it's fairly easy uh a, a lot of the uh democrats on the east coast look at it and look at the uh, the bp oil spill and okay. say they don't want to repeat that yeah. along the east coast uh, they argue that uh, there could be environmental harm to the fishing industry. Uh, Senator Markey of Massachusetts yesterday was very forceful about that. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, the Democratic senators from, from Maryland, from New Jersey, from Massachusetts, and much of New England, to them, the idea of offshore oil and gas exploration has always been a big, uh, a big thumbs down. They don't want any of it. Uh, they would rather have wind energy and more, but not get into oil and gas. And, of course, for a lot of Republicans... They have long called for this. You know, that's, that was one of the most interesting evolutions that I've seen over the years is in the state of Florida delegation, because for years it was a bipartisan agreement in Florida. Whether you were Democrat or Republican, you opposed the idea of offshore oil exploration in Florida because of the tourism tourism argument. You know, the argument was, you know, that first it was you don't want the uh, the rigs dotting the, land, the, you know, the landscape yeah. looking yep. out over the beach. And then it was, well, what do we have an oil spill? You know, I still think, regardless of what you believe about offshore drilling or exploration, I'm still amazed at that we haven't had more environmental impact from the BP oil spill. I mean, if you think about it, uh, the Gulf of Mexico is sort of just a big bathtub out there, and it filled up with a bunch of that oil. But I'm not saying nothing has happened, but I'm not sure it's as bad as, as uh, a lot of people thought it would be. And that's still in the, in the back of the mind. It has been for environmental groups who don't want anything when it comes to offshore drilling. One note on this, Herman, is there are some in the middle of the country I talked to one Oklahoma lawmaker yesterday who was opposed to the idea of more offshore drilling because he said we should be focusing our energy more on domestic shale and also uh, uh, gas extraction here on the mainland of the United States. Yeah. Well, in the Gulf, they had an aggressive, you know, and the oil companies were involved. They had a massive major cleanup effort, you know, was part of it. And 
like you said, the long-term impact doesn't appear to be as bad as a lot of people made it out to be. Yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that anybody was uh, uh, rattling the cage too much. I'm just... I'm amazed because from the level of oil and the you know the talk about the damage, it didn't turn out to be. I guess I I always say to myself about studies here in D.C. and how many studies we get. Sometimes they uh, shall we say, Herman, um, talk a much bigger game than actually the final action is. Now, as far as this offshore drilling and. Obama saying that he would open it up. Does Congress have to approve anything? Or can the uh, no, this is the administration it? has the ability. It, it, it would basically be you'd need a, a an oil company to come in and bid on the leases. I see. You know, it's a multi-step process. You know, Herman Cain uh, oil e- extraction could come to the federal government and say, you know, we want to, uh, uh, th- there'll be a, a, a an auction on the lease for certain areas. I'm sure that certain oil companies would like to look at different uh, things to figure out, you know, is there really enough oil and gas in certain areas that they'd want to go out there and spend the money and do that. So this is not something, you're not going to see any rigs drilling anytime soon. This is a multi-year process. On energy, Herman, one other thing, uh, the House of Representatives just a few minutes ago just approved a bill on the export of liquefied natural gas from the U.S. This would basically expedite the approval of, of export projects. As the U.S. argues, and many in the natural gas industry say, we've got all this gas, we should be exporting it to other countries. A lot of people point at Ukraine and other areas that are, uh, are under sort of the thumb of the Russians when it comes to natural gas, and that we could be a big exporter. Again, this uh, pits the, the Republicans and their pro-energy kind of views against Democrats who are not as thrilled usually with the idea of exporting that, that kind of energy. The vote on that bill was 277 to 133. Actually, 41 Democrats just voted for that plan to allow for the expedited uh, export of U.S. liquefied natural gas. Why are people against that? Uh, Again, uh, environmental issues. I see. You know, that's in, and also uh, just the thought that we shouldn't be, it's like the same thing, like a lot of people don't want to lift the ban on the U.S. exporting oil as well, saying that uh, we shouldn't be taking our resources and sending them overseas and possibly then causing higher prices here at home. But for a lot of lawmakers and a lot of Republicans, they argue this would be certainly a way to, with all the resources that we have, to exert a little more influence on the world market and to help our friends and allies so they don't have to rely on, shall we say, unsavory kind of suppliers. Got it. Understand that the president backed off the plan to raise taxes on college savings plans. Yeah, boy, this is really interesting. I mean, sure, it's happened before, Herman, where you bring a plan out and it falls flat and you take it out of the budget. But, I mean, let's get down to business. Uh, Last week in the State of the Union, he's talking about this, and then a week later, they're throwing it overboard. I mean, that's pretty amazing. What it was was the idea was to scale back uh, the the ongoing effort by the administration to find what they think are tax breaks that the uh, you know higher income earners are getting too big of a piece of scale those back and then use the extra revenue that's brought in to then help lower and middle income Americans. But you know this is one the 529 college savings plan has an awful lot of support in both political parties and there were not only Republicans who are calling for the president to back off on this but Democrats as well and I really think that in some of those Democratic leaning areas in sort of the the East Coast corridor from Washington to Philly to New York to Boston where you can make a lot of money 
but because of the high cost of living, you're not exactly living high on the hog. And a lot of those people using 529s, right. this was a sort of like, what? what's the administration do? Why, why, are you, why are you trying to take away these tax breaks that people are using to save for college? And you know how expensive college has gotten now. So, yeah, it fell flat with blowback from both Democrats and Republicans. And, frankly, I was really surprised to see the administration back off on it. Republicans were ready, Herman, to roll out a bill, actually, that would have expanded it. I think they really felt like they had a wedge issue on the Democrats here, and that's why the White House uh, acted so fast. It was reported that... Nancy Pelosi yep. maybe uh, you know whispered in the got the year of the president ear. on that trip that they were on this week. Yep. Yeah, and it was more than her. There were other top Democrats, Charles Schumer, the senator from New York, also urging the president to back off. And I think that's a a perfect example of what I mentioned earlier. You can have people, for example, living in New York who are making two hundred grand a year, which sounds like a lot, but living in New York, it doesn't exactly make you uh, part of the uh, the rich and famous set. Uh, like I said, it, it's just amazing how. I, I wish they would whisper some other things in that ear, <laughs> but but I happen to think that they they may have heard from their constituency. No, I'm this. sure they did. Listen, yes. this is a bipartisan kind of thing yeah. on this. It wasn't just oh, just a bunch of you know wealthy Republican voters. I think this was from both sides, and it was big blowback, and that's why the White House moved back. My my my. Well, one of the beatitudes that I've been talking about this week, you may not have heard it. Be loud, constructively. Um, don't don't they respond when they get phone calls? Oh, they and emails? do. No, yes, they do. Yeah. One thing they don't respond to are sort of um, computer generated type things yeah. with lots of stuff coming in. But individuals, they definitely do, and they m- respond much better when you're nice about it and not when you're, um, you know, shall we say, using bad language or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the rule of thumb that uh, someone told me when I was in Washington was that if they got. 50 to 100 calls that the member of the Congress, they paid attention because their staffs yep. had to pass that on to them. No, you're absolutely right. It doesn't take that. a whole lot to get their attention. Yep, you're absolutely right. All right. Thanks a lot, Jamie. See you, Herman. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Breaking news, experience, and insight. Herman Cain brings it to you every day, every day. on the radio and at HermanCain.com. 877-310-2100. Coming up, Rapid Fire.